Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another edition of DC and Hawani. And we got so much to talk about. We're even going a little longer today because of everything that transpired at UFC 259 and everything going on in the world of MMA. So stay tuned for that. We got a great show coming up. But before we get to that program, I do have a few things I want to tell all of y'all. If you haven't listened to the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, you're missing out. Trust me, Mina talks about all things football with her unique brand of humor and insight. Make sure you're keeping up with all the off-season trades and upcoming NFL draft talk with Mina and her dog, Lenny. Download and subscribe to the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny wherever you get your podcast. Also, if you didn't know by now, Stephen A's World streams weekdays on ESPN+. Plus bringing fans Stephen A. Smith's entertaining perspective and deep expertise along with some really big guests. The best interviews from Stephen A's world are now available as a podcast every Wednesday. So listen wherever you get your podcast and watch Stephen A's world on ESPN plus right now. All right. On to today's program. As always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. I just want to tell you how much I love you and how much you mean to me, DC. I mean, come on. Have we ever had a list like that? I don't think so. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this second week of March 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. Of course, that's DC. Daniel Cormier back from Las Vegas. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani. DC, I don't know if we've ever had a program in the almost one year history of this show. We're approaching the one year history of this program being born. In fact, this past week was the one year history of the radio yeah, show. Later say, on, yeah, this, we've passed the anniversary. That was last weekend. But. Well, us doing, you know, the show on uh, on this type of platform. Oh. Anyway, I don't know if we ever had so much to discuss on a particular week. So I say no dilly dallying, no messing around. We got to get right into it right away. Just right in. Just like no, no talking, no joking, no messing around. We got to get to the business business. The reason we're here is to discuss all the happenings of last weekend and you want nothing else. I agree wholeheartedly. Of course, I'd be remiss if I don't quickly point out that okay. uh, today is Commonwealth Day. So it's a very important day for the Commonwealth. Uh, I'm from Canada. So <laughs> Canada is a part of the Commonwealth. Okay. No, no, it's, it's an important day. I know what you And of course, uh, DC, this is actually a really important one, and I feel bad about it. Today is National Proofreading Day. Uh, and I have given you, you know, a little bit of crap over the years for your lack of proofreading your tweets. But you know what? Ever since I did that, I've actually made many typos, more typos than than not. So I actually have to work on my proofreading as well. But today would be a good day to, uh, you know, to really take that all in. <laughs> you can't do like all these like different ones and then do like an important one. That's not fair. OK, that's not fair. Most importantly, most importantly, today is National Women's Day, excuse me, International Women's Day, because this is being celebrated all over this great world. You're a uh, you're a girl dad of two. Yes. Shout out to Luna looking oh so cute on uh, on Instagram. I'm a girl dad. We, we, we are very close to our mothers. And grandmothers. Marquita. Marquita. And Marquita. No, of course. Of course. I was just saying the and new Marquita one. Yes. For, you know. 
past last week's birthday and also that beautiful reading of the essay with John Annick's daughters for Amanda Nunez, which was uh, she was very proud of. So happy birthday, Kiki, my love. And also, um, yeah, it's a big day. It's an important day. You know, I had an opportunity to uh, to go to Gilroy almost two years ago now, and I yeah. saw you coaching uh, your young students. I saw young, athletic, strong, confident girls in that club. Uh, yep. I love the fact that you support young women um, being equal to their uh, to their male counterparts. Um, and later on in this in this program, we're going to be celebrating one of the greatest female fighters in the history, if not the greatest female fighter in the history of combat sports. I'm not just talking I MMA. Yeah. All of combat. Yeah. Actually, we got to treat this past weekend because we had Clarissa Shields fighting on Friday. We had Amanda Nunes fighting on Saturday. So it was a huge weekend for women's athletics. And uh, we are very excited to be celebrating International Women's Day here. And of course, for more, you could go to ESPNW, all their handles all day long, all year long. They do a great job of covering women's sports. Okay, so today on the program, DC, we have to talk about UFC 259. What an incredible card. So much going on. Like I said, uh, it it was stacked, but in the aftermath, there's so much to discuss. And so let us begin with the main event. We're going to kind of work our way down here because... You know, oh, there's just so much to discuss. All right. So the main event, Jan Bachovic retains the light heavyweight title. He beats Israel Adesanya. Izzy moves up to 205. A lot was made uh, all week long about the lack of size that he put on early on. It looked like it was going well. Fourth and fifth round looked like, obviously, the size came into play. Jan was able to do his thing, in particularly on the ground. Were you surprised with how this fight played out? I wasn't surprised, Right. You know, in the build up to this thing, obviously the the odds makers thought Adesanya would get the job done. A lot of the general public thought Adesanya would get the job done. I thought it would take a Jan Bohovic knockout, but I did believe he had that ability to go and find that. But when the fight started, the first round started, it was a bit of a slow round, right? Very close. Uh, but Jan was giving it as he was taking it, but it seemed like Izzy was the one that was kind of controlling the interactions. Then I felt like in the second round, Jan Pohovich started to land more. And it seemed as though you could see that these two were evenly matched and that Jan possessed something that made Izzy call back to some of the fights where he was a little bit more passive. Remember, he beat Anderson, but he was a bit passive in that fight, right? He was a bit, he was very passive in the fight against. Yo Romero. And I think Jan early hit him with something that made him fight in a more cautious approach. And um, it continued on the path. But you saw as the fight wore on, the third round, Izzy had his best round. Mm. That was probably the easiest round to score for him. Yes. And then in the fourth and fifth, Jan Bohovic did what he needed to do. And he spoke a lot about that in the buildup to us personally, publicly about using his wrestling. What we did not know was that he was going to use it, but he was going to use it late. Everybody expected him to come out throwing takedowns right away. But Jan Bohovic waited to the fourth and fifth when the fight was on the table to go get those takedowns. And I thought he fought a beautiful fight and he should be very proud. And after the fight, he walked over and he came to the commentary table and he said, now I show that I'm the real champion. I go, Jan, you've always been the real champion. Mm-hmm. I go, I'm so happy for you, buddy proud of you for what you've accomplished. I mean, this young man should be praised for what he has uh, been able to do with his career. When at a time, it looked like he was going to be out of the UFC. 
Yeah, I like that you call him a young man. He's 38. He's doing yeah, this in the twilight. Old in a couple, know. You know, it's, it, yeah, I'm, I'm, but that's a young 38. I mean, Jan's a young 38. This guy is like aging in reverse. And, he, and, he and looks great. very rarely in the history of the fight game, do you see someone enjoy this kind of success later on in their career? We saw it with Michael Bisping. We saw it recently with Jorge Masvidal. But for a guy to do this, considering where he was at, a few years ago is nothing short of remarkable. I scored it first round for Izzy, second round for Jan, third round, as you said, easiest to score in favor of Izzy, fourth and fifth, obviously were for Jan. I know the 10 eights, people were hung up on that in That's the fifth. Crazy. Right man won. Right I man won. Why that round was considered a 10 eight? Because I thought Izzy fought well to start the yeah. fifth round. Before. I didn't agree with 10 eight. If it was a 10 eight round, you got dominated, right? Because people were so hesitant to give a 10 eight round. That you had to be, if if he had, if Jan started, Jan got to the mount at the very end and really put an exclamation on the fight. But that didn't happen until 15 seconds left in the fight. If he did that for five minutes, okay. But yeah, that was a bit of a surprise to me. That's why we were, I was surprised when I heard 45 for Adesanya because I was like, how? Yeah. When he won at least one round, which would have made it 49 46. But yeah, different. Uh, but really, moot point, the right man won. I didn't see anyone scored in favor of Izzy. In fact, you can make a case that it was 4-1 in favor yeah. of Jan. Um, yeah, because the first round was super close. The super first close. round, I know you said one to Izzy, and I did give Izzy first two. I felt it was two to two going into the fifth round. But the first round was so competitive that you could have given it to Bohovic. And, you know, listen, man, sometimes these fights – they end and you hear the scorecards and you're like, wow, that's, that's different, but it is what it is. As long as the right guy gets his hand raised and Jan Bohovic was the right guy. He got his hand raised. Let's play a little uh, Monday morning quarterback. What's going on with your notifications? Can you hear that? There? Like, yes, I of course. I can hear my that. notifications are on. I just, I mean, I, I golly, was, here I, we I are. I, I gotta be honest. I don't know how to turn them off. So that's you fine. Can help me or I can just leave them on because you're probably gonna get that. Cause that's my emails. Or you could just close your email app. You know, that could work oh, as well. You okay. know what I mean? Do you need to get emails within the next hour or so? Emails, no. So just get me. out of it. You know, just quit it. You know, email. why did that? Why did that open? I didn't open my email address. It's all good. Listen, it's, all, it's one of those things. It's just one of those things that we'll never know the answer to. Let's play Monday morning quarterback. In hindsight, do you mm. believe it was a mistake for Izzy to come in so light? Should he have bulked up more? Does that fight go any differently if he's got a few more LBs or KGs on his frame? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. I honestly believe that Povich and the power that he possesses is so fierce that Izzy would probably have to fight him the same way every single time. There's not going to be many times where he can approach that fight much differently. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He's going to have to fight like that. And because he has to fight like that, it's always going to be competitive and close. But I, I think Jan did the right thing. And those takedowns, man, they were beautiful. That one in the fourth round, he just changed levels and just drove right through him. And I think in that moment, you saw the difference in size because we've seen Izzy get hit at the hips before with a takedown. Derek Brunson did it. Kelvin Gaslam did it. And he was able to defend guys' size. Bohovic just ran right through him. You know, this guy's a this guy's a, a, a train, and he, he's, he's fantastic. And I don't think a few pounds would have helped that because there's no way Izzy would have weighed 220 going into the octagon. That's when he would have had to have been 
in order to really compete with Jan in terms of physicality? I don't believe Izzy's star power has taken much of a knock after this. Look, momentarily, the winning streak is over. First loss in the UFC. You're now 20 and one as a pro MMA fighter. Absolutely. You can say momentarily the, the, the momentum has been halted. But lest we forget, if you've been following this guy for a long time, we've seen him get knocked out. Like there is no sort of, you know, oh, what would it like? It's not Habib who has hardly even gotten rocked in his career, let alone dropped, let alone knocked out. If you go look up glory kickboxing, you can see Izzy get knocked out. And so to me, like the idea of him losing isn't the craziest thing. As he said, he dared to be great. He went up there. I give him so much credit. He could have stuck around at 185 for the next 10 years and did his thing there. He saw an opening. He went up. He dared to be great. It didn't work out. I see people saying like, oh, you know, this is going to be horrible for his career. Now the allure is gone. This, that, and the other. I want to remind you of UFC 94. BJ Penn was on a roll as the lightweight champion of the UFC. He dared to be great. He went up to 170 to fight George St. Pierre and he lost. And he lost because he was, uh, you know, in large part out muscled and he was a smaller guy. And you know what he did in response to that? He went right through Kenny Florian at UFC 101, and then he had his greatest performance ever as lightweight champion against Diego Sanchez at UFC 107. So this idea that this was such a big mistake by Izzy, mm-hmm. that he ruined everything. Max Holloway as well, went up to 155, lost. Look at him these days. He's going to be fine. Stop celebrating his demise. I just want to let everyone know, and I know they're going to say, oh, look at Ariel defending Izzy. No, Jan deserves all the credit. I just said it. He may have won four rounds to one. But hey, Izzy saw an opening. He went up, and now he's got to go back down and do his thing at 185. It says something about taking chances, right? It's so easy. Listen, there's safety in a lot of different things. There's not much safety in fighting. So every time Izzy goes and fights at 185, there is a risk. But he has shown time and time again by being the champion in three years. He's only been here three years. Think about that. Yeah. Adesanya only got in the UFC in 2018. Yeah. So – He could have stayed there and continued to just roll off championship victories, played it safe, but instead he took a shot, you know, and it's crazy because you forget about all those people that tried and failed because it seemed as though lately when people have attempted to become double champion, it's happened, right? Connor did it. I did it. Amanda did it. Henry did it. It all happened in a short period of time that you almost forget about what the accomplishment is and how difficult it is to get Two, That was just another reminder that there are weight classes for a reason. And if you go up against the wrong guy, they will turn you back. Do I believe Edesanya can beat some guys at 205? Absolutely. He just could not beat Jan Bohovich on that night. And Jan's the champion for a reason, man. He's, he's really good. He's very powerful. He's got fantastic cardio. He's got a great chin. And now the confidence matches all the abilities and it's going to be difficult to get that belt off of him because listen to this. Jan Bohovic is a guy that you thought would never hold a UFC championship, knocked out Dominic Reyes, mm-hmm. defended it by beating Israel Asanya. Fighting Glover is good. Glover's what? 42? 41, Jan's, I believe. 41. Jan's going to be favored to beat Glover. So now mm-hmm. you're not only looking at a guy that won the belt, you're going to look at a guy with a resume that has, multiple time championship defenses on his resume. Because if you look down the line, are you really picking Rockich to beat Jan after last weekend in his fight with, with Tiago Santos? Are you picking Glover to beat Jan Bohovic right now? I mean, you're starting to look at a guy that could sit atop this division for a really long time. So 
for all the disrespect this young man got when he won the belt, even from me, starting to look like we were all completely wrong. And it's time to put some respect on Jan Bohovic's name. He has earned it. He deserves it. And I am. It could not have happened to a better man because he I is was just going to say that. I was just going to uh, Jan versus Glover might be the the greatest matchup involving like two gentlemen in UFC history, like two of the nicest guys. Uh, great fighters, of course, but Jan is just such a nice guy. Like that that exchange after the fight that they posted on ESPN MMA where Jan thinks that Izzy's asking him to be his bodyguard or saying he needs a bodyguard. He's like, I could be your bodyguard. Like the guy's just the nicest guy. <laughs> but can I just say that? So I don't, look, I, everything was great about Saturday. Jan gets his respect. Izzy went up. He, it didn't work out for him. He handled it like a pro. Jan handled it like a pro. Well, he, he there was one blunder. There was one blunder though. And go back to September when I said after the Costa fight, you make the John Jones fight right now. Now yep. is the time to make it. There was nothing going on at 185 for Izzy. John was waiting for the heavyweight championship thing to play out. The fight on Saturday could have been John Jones versus Izzy. It would have been a massive, massive fight. And they said, no, we'll wait. And now I feel like it's definitely not happening in 2021. It might not happen in 2022. It may not happen ever now because they're just on totally different paths. This guy's going to 185. John is now at heavyweight. I think it was a mistake. Not the, the the timing was right. The stars had a line. The fight this past Saturday for Izzy should have been against John Jones. What do you think? That was a bit of a that was a bit of a mishap because now people talk about the intrigue maybe gone from Izzy. That's not true. No. I still believe he's one of the best fighters in the world. But it's and I and again I was guilty of it. Watching him do what he did at eighty five makes you believe he can go with anybody, and because of the skill set. You think he can beat a Jones today after watching last Saturday? I believe Jones would be too big for him. I really do. Just calling the spade a spade um, rivalry out the window. I just believe Jones would be too big for him because watching, watching Jan take him down, Jones would press him against the octagon and take him down. Right. So I just think that that, that fight for as much intrigue as there was, for me, it doesn't really need to happen because I just believe that now, especially with the weight that Jones has put on, not a great fight for Edesanya. I do believe that I was never confident that he would beat Jones to begin with. I thought he could compete with him, maybe win. I don't feel like Izzy would uh, be able to get him right now. I just think unless he put on massive amounts of weight and decided he was never going to be able to make 85 again and never fight light. You would have to be 225 pounds in order to go and compete with Jones, even at 205. And it would take a complete career change in terms of direction in order for him to beat a guy like Jones. Because even today, for as much as we love Jan Bohovic and how great he did, I still think that Jones is the best 205 pounder in the world. Wow. Uh, that, that obviously means a lot coming from you, uh, given your, your history with John. So I appreciate you, you saying that. So we know what is next for Glover, excuse me, what is next for Jan? It's, it's Glover to share. There's no mystery there. It's always nice when that happens. No one has to campaign. No one has to do their thing. Hey, good on Glover for getting a few extra bucks this weekend. He weighed in, he was there. Cool stuff. I'm happy that he finally gets that second crack at the title because Lord knows he deserves it and he put in the work. The question to me, though, that I don't know the answer to just yet, and I suspect in six weeks or so, maybe even less, we'll know the answer to this question is, who does Izzy fight in his return to 185? feels like there's three fights. What's that? 
it'll probably be Rob, right? Rob has proven to be. Well, wait, wait a second. There's three fights. There's three fights coming up. March 20th, we have Kevin Holland and Derek Brunson. You telling me if Kevin Holland wins that fight? I mean, should there's be, should be in consideration. There's heat there. All right. So we got that. Then we got April 10th, Darren Till and Marvin Vittori. You're telling me you want to be the one to tell Marvin Vittori he doesn't deserve <laughs> another crack at Darren Till if he loses to Darren Till. And by the way, Izzy himself said he likes the Darren Till fight. And that might be the biggest, you know, quote unquote, money maker of the Who's bunch. Marvin Vittori? Who's it Marvin, Marvin? <laughs> Vittori? Marvin. It's just not your time yet. Boy, yeah. he's going to lose his mind. And I'm then, not <laughs> and then you have Whitaker Costa, April 17th. Now, I don't think Costa gets it. By the way, you stopped short. You were just about to say I've been giving Costa a hard time on my show. You stopped short right on the broadcast, but I appreciate you saying that. But if Whitaker wins to your point, I mean, how do you how do you deny him at this point? He'll now have three straight wins over top-level guys. So I don't know. There, there is That's what's fun about the next six weeks or so in the middleweight division. There's like a little mini tournament here. Who looks that's the beautiful. best? Who, who emerges? That's, hap- that's happening across weight classes right now, right? March was full of heavyweight fights, right? So many heavyweight fights in March. You're right. Your boy, Cyril. You, you got to watch your boy, Cyril, who you just absolutely love. He's the man. You got to, you got to, watch, man. You got to watch the Beast do what he did in the beginning of the month. Then you get the heavyweight title fight at the end of March. It was, it was great. Now you get to see the middleweight champ fight. Then you see all these middleweight fights following so everybody's in line right now which doesn't happen very often you know a lot of times you have a champion that's waiting for the next guy to show himself everything's working the right way because Izzy's going to need some time and somebody that out of this next six weeks as you said is going to prove to be the next guy so yeah it's perfect it's perfect listen man it's a great time to be a fan it's a great time to be a part of the UFC and, and just fighting in general one last thing I wanted to ask you about this particular fight. We don't talk about it as much right now. We talked about it a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, but do you think the smaller cage impacted Izzy at all? I think it helped Jan Bohovic a lot. It helped Jan. And I said this on Friday, I, you know, we did a media scrum and I said, you know what guys, the smaller space helps the guy that doesn't need as much room to operate. Hmm. It helps Jan. Izzy wants space, but does he really? Because we saw him standing there with with uh, with with Paulo. We saw him standing there with Rob. But against Jan Bohovic, more space may have benefited him. But you're right. We don't talk about the octagon size no more because it's just the norm. Essentially, right. every now and again we get a few like one two offs whenever you go to Fight Island. But for the most part, everybody fights in the small octagon. So now. It's just a normal octagon. I don't know what the UFC, when the when things open up again, what the UFC is going to do. Like, guys are going to be like, wow, now it's time to fight in a big octagon. They won't know how to respond. Well, I, I suspect the light heavyweights are happy because if Izzy would have won, he's going down to 185. Yeah. A guy like Glover is is kind of left on the sidelines wondering. You know, that's the tricky part about the, the champ champ stuff. So now normalcy resumes. You have Izzy going back down to 185. You have Jan keeping the belt at 205. We'll see the Glover fight later on this year. Good for him. And we'll see who emerges in the middleweight division. All right. Now let's focus on Amanda Nunes. Again, International yeah. Women's Day. This is perfect. Um Amanda Nunes turning into one of the greatest fighters of all time, regardless of gender. Now the second longest active winning streak in the UFC, regardless of gender. And she just went, I mean, it was never even close, right? It was not even close. What are you laughing about? What's so funny? (laughs) It's actually great levels. Yeah, bro. I said on Saturday, no disrespect to Megan, just an absolute non-event. It was 
it was a man to come in, a man to get your belt, a man to get your money. It was crazy to watch the GOAT do what she did again. I mean, the whole the whole build, though, right? Like from a man and Nina now have the baby. You know, that's a whole nother. It's like now we're now we have to find new wrinkles. Obviously, the baby's a big, huge point for Amanda in her personal life, but we're trying to find wrinkles to add to the story because she's been so phenomenal. And man, I gotta be honest. I did a show, uh, I did my detail on Amanda. And when she hits the girls, mm. their eyes go boom. Like yeah. they're like, whoa. And it was the same thing on Saturday. I mean, Megan looked terrified to start. I'm not going to even lie. Like, I'm trying to be as respectful as I can. She looked terrified to start. She looked like she was nervous, as she, you would expect her to be. But then Amanda hit her. Her eyes went wide. She was just staring at her. Like, she was literally standing in front of Amanda Nunes, staring, almost waiting. And then Amanda just buzzed through her like she's done on so many different occasions. But for me, it was like, man, We've seen her knock out the best of the very best. So to see her go and get a submission, you forget. Amanda Nunes is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Yeah. We just forget about it because she beats everybody else so bad. She goes and submits Megan Anderson with a triangle armbar. Beautiful. It was, it was it was crazy. And then I saw people saying it was almost merciful. It was almost merciful for Amanda to submit her instead of continuing to beat on her. It's nuts. Yeah, you know, while she was going on the ground and doing her thing, I was thinking to myself, just stand back up. I mean, this was going really oh, so well. You for want you. to see somebody just no, get I'm just saying, you know, if you couldn't, <laughs> of course, her jujitsu is levels above Megan's, but I was like, why, why are you even worried about this? It was uh, about to become a, a fait accompli. And then she pulls off a great submission like that. Her first oh, sub, worker. by the way. Wait, what is that word? Oh, you don't know about fait accompli? Come on. <laughs> what Come on. What is fait that? Accompli. It means like oh, a done deal. You got a done do deal in French. Complete. Do that. Do that. Hey, next time, drop. Hey, drop. When, when a, instead of saying it's over, it's over on the broadcast. Every fight, drop a fête complete next time. You know what I mean? Please send me the text message when I'm on there because that's beautiful. <laughs> um, first sub for her since UFC 200 when she submitted Misha Tate. So you know, but again, that was merch. That was merciful. Right, right. She beat the crap out of Misha, and to see her submit Misha was like okay. Could this get oh like we wanted it just to be over that she was beating her so bad? I almost felt like that would make with Megan, man. Like, gosh, just get this thing over with. So my biggest takeaways after that fight were a once again, I mean, flawless. She's levels, multiple levels ahead of everyone else at 145. It might be the last time for a very long time, if ever, that we see her defend that title, at least for the next year. I mean, she just beat Felicia Spencer. There's literally no one. Felicia Spencer is fighting on May 22nd against Danielle Wolf. Danielle Wolf is 1-0. Even if she somehow beats Felicia Spencer, which I think would be a long shot, you do not put her in there against Amanda Nunes. That would be criminal. So I don't see, unless Kayla Harrison fights out her PFL deal, she's a free agent next year, and then you want to build her up, then we could talk about it, but we got some time before we do that. So she's going to move down to 135 and that's great she that's she should right. defend those that title fights those are they have better fights for her at 135 juliana really, pena i mean juliana pena she's as tough as they come right gritty hard-nosed fighter um so for those that might be thinking why are you bringing up juliana pena she's supposed to fight holly home on may 8th but unfortunately holly is out of the fight i really? say this 
Yeah, she's out of the fight, unfortunately. And Juliana has been one of those people for a while now calling out Amanda. Like, you don't, it's sort of like Kevin Lee and Habib and Islam. Like, I feel like you should be rewarded. If you've been calling someone out for this long and it's the person that no one wants to fight, like, just yeah. reward that person. And I feel like she should be rewarded for and then, and the, the fact that she keeps calling him out. It wasn't actually a reward. Like, you know. Well, yeah. But hey, it, she wants know, like, it. It's bad, you know. But like, the reality is this. Yeah, Juliana Pena. But for me, when you get to 135, the most intriguing part of that for me is that it brings her back close to Valentina because I truly believe that's the only competitive fight for Amanda right now. And when she makes 135, it just brings her closer to Valentina. Now, listen, we saw Kat Zingano beat Amanda Nunes way back in the day. Juliana Pena has that type of gritty, mean type of attitude that may be able to withstand the onslaught and just try to drown Amanda. So, yeah, there is some intrigue in the Pena fight. Um, but, I mean, how many fights in a row has Juliana won? And just that, one. That's what I'm saying, right? It's because Amanda's beating everybody so badly. It's like you don't have to really go on a win streak and prove, you know, yourself in order to, to get back to her. Can I say something that I'd love to get your take on? For as great as Amanda Nunes is... I'm still not even sure if she fights Valentina for a third time. I don't know if she wins that fight. That's how good I think Valentina is. Yeah. Is that crazy? Is that a crazy statement? I mean, it's maddening. It's maddening because guess what? I got to be honest with you. When I watch Nunez Valentina one, yeah. I felt pretty good about Amanda winning because she did so good early. Not if it's a five-round fight. That was a three-round fight. I know, but if that fight was five yes. rounds, oh, I think Valentina... Yeah, it was over. When I watched Nunez Valentina 2, I still don't know who won the fight. Right. I know who the judges gave the fight, but I still don't know without any reservation who won the second fight between Amanda and Valentina. Because if you if Valentina got the decision, nobody would have been upset. It was that close. So the question is, Valentina's fighting on April 24th. Her probably toughest fight. Exactly. I don't want to disrespect Jessica Andrade. That is her toughest fight as a 125-pound champion. But if she wins, is it time to revisit doing the trilogy? Is it big enough? Is it worth it? Or are we done with the, you know, people moving up, all this stuff? You know, there's level. I mean, she has fought at 135, so it's a little different it's than Izzy. Small, but is Valentina is a small I know. 135. She's Amanda small. versus Valentina would be such a great. I, I want to. You They're know what's so crazy? Fight. When they show Amanda highlights against Valentina, it almost is like, wow, it's a super fight that we saw, but it's one of those weird ones where it's now yeah, bigger. Over. Regardless of how many you know times. I mean? Yeah, because you know what's going to happen most times when Amanda fights somebody else. You right. know it's going to be her just kind of cruising through them, but you know Valentina ain't having it. That's the one thing about the bullet. Like, bro, Valentina Shevchenko is such a nice gal. But she is mean. She's honorary, and she has a ton of skills. Yo, her mom is like a Muay Thai champion. Like she, she's like the president of the Muay Thai Association. Shadow boxing champion as well. She's a shadow. I mean, her mom. Yeah. So she's in there. Valentina's on the ground playing with her opening Christmas gifts. Her mom's in the corner kicking the tree. You know, what I'm saying? mom's over there working out. Like this, all this kid knows is fighting. All this young lady knows is fighting, and she ain't afraid of nobody. I thought you, I thought you had an extra beat there on that one. I thought you were going to say something else after that one. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> 
I thought you, I thought you paused and then okay, you were like, okay, but, let's go. Okay, let's go. Forward. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so Amanda Nunes wins featherweight division, probably on ice for a long time. Who knows you know, if it comes she told back? Us that last week, I'm sorry, she told me that told us that last week in the fighter meeting was that, that after she was done with Megan, it would be very difficult to find someone to challenge yeah. her for that belt, but. She still wants to be considered double champion. She does not want to. Oh, 100%. 100%. So even if the division gets put on ice for a while, when she goes and defends, she still wants them to put those belts on their shoulders because if somebody shows themselves, even if they're from the outside and you just bring them in the challenger, she's okay with doing it. Like she loves the idea of double champion. She, she wants to continue to be that. So um, for a long time, you're going to see Amanda uh, with two titles on her shoulders. She has earned that right. All right. Now I'm uh, I'm I'm getting sweaty palms now talking about the third title fight on this oh, card. Man. Let's go. Let's go. Roll tread up the lightly. Seas. Tread lightly. We got tread lightly. We got listen, we got tread lightly here. Okay. We got tread lightly here because we may make some people mad. But it's okay. I'm ready. We tell ready it like it is. We tell off. it like I'm it is. Piss some people off. Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling, fourth round, illegal knee. No controversy in terms of was he down? Was he up? I mean, this was as flush. It was as flush as it gets. Aljo can't continue. The rules state situation like that title fight challenger gets hit with an illegal shot. He's the new champ. Heartbreaking stuff for Piotr Jan. No one's a winner. In my opinion, no one wants to win a title that way. No one wants to lose a title that way. Let's just, can we agree on something up until that point? Piotr Jan was up either 29, 28, it, no, he was up 29-28. Well, according going, to us. Yes, but he was, he, was up, he was up two rounds to one. And he was about to become Aljo three rounds to one. Round. Aljo won the first round. Right. Piotr won the second round, third round. Fourth round, Piotr was winning again. Like, that was probably the most dominant round. And I got it felt like it was going very bad in the wrong direction for Aljamain Sterling. Can we agree? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It, it so looked now, like he was peaked. It looked like Piotr had his timing. It looked like Piotr was starting to hit him at like wherever he wanted him to. He threw him down on multiple occasions. Like it just looked like it was going very bad for Aljamain Sterling. And it was reminiscent of Anthony Smith versus John Jones a couple of years back, right? Where the guy who's up throws an illegal shot. It's very clearly illegal. However, in this case on Saturday and back then with Anthony Smith, the, the decision is given to the fighter who was hit whether or not to continue. Anthony Smith chose to continue, a decision he'll have to live with for the rest of his life. Had he said, I can't continue, he would have been given the light heavyweight title. Aljamain could not continue, and they waved it off and gave him the belt. How do you feel about how it played out? First off, Rogan made a great point on Saturday. He goes, the ref should stop the fight. Right, couldn't agree more. The ref should take the decision out of the the, the fighter's situation. Not fair. Because first off, in most instances, fighters pretty battered from a knee like that. Secondly, you put the fighter in an awkward situation because one, Anthony Smith didn't take the title, ended up losing his next fight too, I believe. Mm. That next fight would have been against Jones, mm-hmm. as him the champion, him getting champion money. And if Jones is the master star that people say he is on the pay-per-view side of things, I to this day still believe Anthony Smith made a mistake. Aljamain Sterling, he wasn't supposed to continue to fight. Regardless of what you think of how the fight was going, that was such 
a bad illegal knee. It was really bad. And it landed clean. He, it, it was clearly illegal. He was hurt. He was damaged. Um, he Had he gotten up, he would not have been okay. Piotr would have finished him. So right decision by Al Jermaine to not continue the fight. I know he was upset. I know he was disappointed. But right decision for himself to not get up and fight more. And I do want to mention something. Uh, you guys showed this in the post-fight show. Very clear that one of his coaches said, just punch. There was this thing, and I know what Khabib told you. I don't see it. Maybe it's it's a word in Russian that I'm missing. Yeah. But what I hear is just punch. So I kind well, of feel like... In the background, you heard something. But then I talked to Danny Rubenstein yesterday in Sayat, and they said, no one said to kick. Yeah, so I, no I want to be fair to his team as well. I thought we were hearing, he might have said, Nyit, which means no, no I believe in yeah. Russian. Yes. So maybe that's what we heard and thought, okay, he's saying yes, right? Like, I don't know, but man, it was, it was unfortunate, but boy, it was Aljamain Sterling. I mean, that was, I mean, honestly, that was lucky because he was going to lose the fight. It seemed right. like it was going the wrong direction. By the way, first time in UFC history that a title changes hands that way. There have been some close calls. Even Chael Sonnen and John Jones back in the day had the yeah. fight gone on with uh, Jones's foot. You know, it, it's it's a weird thing. Um, so I think we both agree on the fact that Jan was winning that fight and looked like he was en route to winning that fight. I think we both agree that it was illegal, that Aljo was put in an impossible situation. I think we both agree it was sort of a momentary lapse of judgment on Jan's fault. Like the guy's in a fight. He's, he's you know, emotions yeah. are high. He actually was like, he looked over. Yeah. He actually looked over before he threw the knee, which was odd. I don't think Jan's a dirty guy. I don't think he's a dirty yeah. fighter. He clearly doesn't want to do that in that moment because he's winning. He's about to win. He's got six minutes left, less than six minutes. Why would you do that? His cardio this was great. He was in fantastic shape. He didn't look tired at all. This is where it gets tricky for me. This is where it doesn't sit well with me. The aftermath does not sit well with me because in the aftermath, Aljo takes the title. He throws it to the ground. He's emotional. He does the interview, which I was surprised about because I thought concussed fighter, you don't want to do an interview. He says, I want to do the interview. But wait a yeah. second. I wanted, he says, I want to, okay, fine. Give the man his, his chance to explain. So I want to do the interview. That's all. I'm, I'm fine up until that point, but almost 30 minutes later or so, I might be off by 10 or so minutes. He's on Twitter. And then I see the pictures posing and that makes me feel a little weird. And where I, where I lose it is when I see the Henry Cejudo stuff, because now it's clearly you guys doing like, Hey, let's do something for social media. Let's pose. Let's get the people talking. My man, if I was, if, if I was advising Aljamain Sterling, I tell him this, you take the title, be grateful. It turned out that way. You did nothing wrong. You should be not ashamed of the fact that you were put in that spot and that you could not continue. It was an illegal shot but you go away. You can celebrate with your family. You could celebrate with your friends. I see him defending that. We do not post anything. We are not having a victory lap tour. And we are certainly not, certainly not angling for a fight with the former champion on social media and doing all this nonsense. Because let me tell you something right now. Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling 2 is a much bigger fight than Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo with all the controversy. So what it leads me to feel, I don't want to believe this, but it leads me to feel, sorry, I'm getting worked up because this one didn't really sit well with me. What it leads me to feel is Aljo wants nothing to do with Jan. And he's trying to go for the quote unquote money fight with Cejudo. Let me explain to you something, Aljamain Sterling. That's the money fight. The Yan fight is the money fight. The rematch is the money fight. You write that wrong. That's the money fight. I don't like what happened in the 24 hours after that. I really don't like it. I don't feel like he handled it well. And I actually feel like it made Jan 
into a sympathetic character in all this. You do feel sorry for Fiona. Um, look, man, I've got group messages with my friends. And I did, I cannot say I did not screen grab pictures of Aljamain with the belt on one shoulder holding up shots. Like, come on, Aljo. Like, just when Jones knocked me out, they called me on UFC tonight and gave me the belt back. Remember when they gave me the belt back? Mm-hmm. I never went anywhere with that title. When I went to fight Vulcan, what did I say? I felt like I was fighting for a vacant championship. And tonight I won and I feel like I'm the champion again. That was I it. Remember, I remember you held it down. Remember, you didn't want to hold it? The whole it? time. I held the yeah. belt at my side. When they made me do press photos, mm-hmm. I tried to hold it low because I had lost the last fight for the championship. Now, the guy, the guy did eliminate himself, so I was put in a position to fight for a vacant belt again. So I always held it low. And I feel like Aljo should have maybe done the same thing, especially when the immediate reaction was to throw it on the ground. Right. Well, like that's that, that it, it, I'm not, he was not faking. He was hurt. I'm not saying he's faking. Well, like he I said, everything up until saying he was faking, he was not faking. Come on. Look at that knee. He was, not fa- he was hurt. The guy was right. really hurt. I would have skipped the interview, but he did want to talk and he wanted to explain. And, um, but listen, man, you know, his family's proud of him. So maybe that's what they're doing. I, I gotta be, I don't agree, Ariel. I, I, I really do agree more with you in this instance about just do it a little bit different, you know, put that boat away for a little bit. It's yours. We, you know, you know that now you get championship money. You know that now you get pay-per-view points. You know that now you are on the opposite side of the spectrum, but it cannot be boasted, especially in that way, you know, because it's just not a good look. It's not a no. good look. Not everything has to be public. And you could say, hey, who are these guys telling that guy how to celebrate? He, he, he put in the time, he put in the work, he paid his dues, fine. But you have to, in life, consider the optics and the optics of this situation. Only when, good. you know, Dana White Listen, there are pictures floating around, like everywhere. Yeah. I, like I said, when I sent the photo... I was hit back with five other photos of him with Marab and him with Al and just like, yo, like random people, random sports fans going. I, I mean, like, wait, what? Like, I they, they just don't understand the the social posts. It's almost it, it almost feels like, you know, you again, like I, it almost feels and I can speak to this because I lived it. Yeah, I lived it. I'm not sitting here going. I lived it. I got the belt back by disqualification. I got I got it back by disqualification. So I lived it. But you got to try point. to put it away, you know? It's a great point. I don't remember you uh, doing any of that. And, of course, you could then say, oh, this is his first time. It wasn't DC's first time. Optics matter in this case. And even with those pictures, which I saw as well, and I like all those guys. Everyone knows I, I love, love Ally Quinta. I love I I love Aljamain Sterling. I think he's a fantastic person, great guy, and a great fighter. I just don't like the action. You know, people always mistake this, Helwani. Hmm. Because you don't like a person's certain action, you don't like the person. That's not the case. Welcome to my life. I like the person. I don't like the action in this situation. But to reiterate, what put me over the edge wasn't even that. It was the Cejudo thing. It has nothing to do with Cejudo. Yeah. It, 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 It has to do with it could have been anyone. It could have been TJ Dillashaw in that spot. Yeah. 
you need to be telling the UFC when's the, first, when's the first open slot. I need to prove to the world that I'm the better man, that I can win this title fair and square, that I don't need a DQ to win this title. Now, there is there is an opening in May. There's no pay-per-view main event yet in May. Honestly, I'd love to see Jan versus Aljo. I'd love to see Nunez versus Pena on that card. Put both bantamweight titles on the line. Let's go because it looks like the Conor Poirier stuff is going to move into the summer. And maybe that's not enough time. But to go out there and now start angling for what you say is the money fight. When, by the way, what was Aljo saying when he was being jobbed by the UFC and company, when they weren't giving him the title shot, when they were waiting for Marlon Marais, what was he saying? He was said, when I win the title, I'm going to bring some normalcy to this. I'm going to restore order to this weight class. I'm going to do things the right way. I'm going to defend the title against the right people. And now you just had this situation and you're going to Cejudo? Where really? Was where was this at him and Cejudo? It was, like, where- it was in the hotel. Yeah, you saw I'll- the picture. You saw the picture, right? I saw him standing with Henry. Like, first off, listen, I saw Henry on Saturday after the fight. Henry is one of my dear friends. Dear friends. I love the guy. I think he's a natural-born winner. But when did Henry retire? Did he ever really retire? <laughs> no, he didn't. When did that's he so, ever retire? That's Henry so funny. He's up with everybody. He keeps him. Everybody hates him. The king of cringe. Henry, the king of cringe, keeps himself constantly in the news and nobody can ignore him. If he wants to say he's retired, Aljamain should not give him the face off. Like, but Henry continues to just like put himself in all these things. And it's like he's playing them, which is great because I love to see Henry get success. But it's like, guys, you, you Henry retired a year ago, right? It, wasn't it last year? Yeah, it was last May. So it's like he's retired. But he's constantly keeping himself in the conversation. Do the right thing. Fight Piotr Jan again. Go back with Eric Nitzik and Coach Longo and find a different approach because he fought in a frantic manner on Saturday. The pace was crazy high, and he seemed to be fatiguing faster than Piotr. I think they might have thought Piotr would have got tired as the fight went on. But Piotr was really finding a strike. No, Al, I feel like Aljo would have made it to the final bell, but it wasn't the right approach, I don't believe. It's so funny you say that. Uh, just to break the fourth wall really quickly, uh, Henry Cejudo was on Sports Nation, brand new show on ESPN+. Plus. Shout out to them. They do a great job. Last night, and he drops at the end of an interview that he's not retired anymore. And so the hosts, my friend Ashley uh, I think it was Gary and Taylor. They're like, oh, Ariel, Ariel Hawani, if you're listening, go find out what's up with uh, with Henry. He just dropped some news. And then we have a little Slack channel and they wrote to me, Ariel, go find out what's up. My response was Henry retired. Could have fooled me. I didn't know Henry retired because the man has handled this. I mean, so poorly in terms of, you know, you want more money, bud, but this is not the way to go about it. You're putting yourself out there too much. Again, just to reiterate before we move on. I think on, it's brilliant. This is not even a Henry thing. This is not even a. You forget about him. He's never let anybody forget about him. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. This this could have been anyone in that spot. It could have been you in that spot. The point is, you win like that, you go back to Piotr and you say, "Let's run it back." Because I maintain and I believe this with all my heart. Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling too. At this point, you sell it the right way. You tell that story the right way is infinitely a bigger fight than Cejudo versus Aljo. And you saw the stare downs. You saw the back and forth, the jump, like all week long, they were stealing the show. That's the fight to make. You got to make it enough with this nonsense. All right. We got to take a quick break here because up next, we're going to talk about your boy, the guy that I, you know, you were very kind to Drew Dober all week. I told you don't sleep on Islam. I told you. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're on the bandwagon, but first passion, 
drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. Well, what about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch at your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-order stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autograph apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dcrc. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash dcrc now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dcrc. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. For the past few months, I've been saying, I can't wait for Islam Makhachev to get back. He is the heir apparent to Khabib Nurmagomedov. This man, I mean, you talk about Hamza Chemaev and stuff, like guys who aren't in the top 10, who should be in the top 10, who right now could beat top three competition. And then what do we, we get a y'all must have forgot moment against Drew Dober. I was saying that the line was too close. Like I thought it should have been like, I was saying that and you were like, wow, you're crazy. You're crazy. What a performance for my guy Islam, right? 
bro. I mean, <laughs> shut up. First off, like, that's a liar. That's a liar. Like what? Okay. So I've always been the ultimate believer in Islam Mahashev. Islam Mahashev. Mahashev is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Get it right. Right. Get it right. Put on the performance of his lifetime against what was supposed to be the toughest guy he's ever fought. Because Drew Dober looked phenomenal leading up to this point. But man, the takedowns looked great. All the wrestling was on point. The grappling was on full display. He just fought the absolute best fight, man. I was so proud of him. He did what we have known he could do for a really long time, right? You knew that he possessed those type of skills. At what point was Islam going to show the full version of what he was? And I feel like that was the closest that we've ever gotten to it on Saturday. And I got to be honest with you, he, he's still better than that. He's actually better than that. And I believe it. It was crazy. He fought fantastic. I think he could beat top five guys right now. He's not going to get probably a top five guy because of the way this sport goes. And someone says, hey, I'm number four. Why should I fight whoever's number 12? But he's going to move up in the rankings for sure. My biggest takeaway was, holy smokes, this guy is as good as advertised. We probably forgot how good he was because he hadn't fought since 2019. But man, that was a big time performance. I'd love to see him fight a Charles Oliveira. It's not going to happen, even he's though... A Tony Ferguson right well, now. I was, get, I was getting to that. I would love to see him fight RDA. I'd love to see him fight Kevin Lee. I think Kevin Lee deserves that because he's been calling him out. But man, what a storyline. Tony Ferguson Kevin versus this. Oh my God, right? Oh, Could you what imagine a... him versus Tony Ferguson? With Maybe Habib? Get Habib. In... But now you get my little brother. My and little Habib brother. in the corner. Habib in the corner. I mean, the madness leading up to that fight would be my little off brother, the charts. My little brother is going to handle what I never got to. And let's just call it what it is, right? Let's just call it what it is. Umar Nurmagomedov on Fight Island. Mm. Hey, don't, you Islam better not steal my line. Makhachev, you better not steal my line. Islam Makhachev <laughs> at UFC 259. Yes. At this point, what is Habib? What is Habib? Hey, what? I said it on Saturday and I got so much hate for it. I mean, it's amazing. People are like, you kiss Habib. I'm like, <laughs> one day I kiss his ass. One day I'm a hater. I don't know. I tell it like it is. I'm down the middle. So early is, front runner, early oh. front runner. I don't want to stutter. Early front runner for 2021 Coach of the Year, Habib Nurmagomedov. And oh, this absolutely. is a, this is a beautiful thing. Hey, DC, maybe in the seamless, end, seamless transition. Maybe seamless in transition. the end, Father's plan was something greater. Maybe in the end, Father's plan was taking the baton and now taking over the team and go oh. like, this is a, this is what a way to honor your, your dad's memory, right. To do what he he's doing right now. From, he has honest. And listen, Habib always had a, he was the, 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 the idea for his father was for him to be this massive star when all the fights, obviously, but his dad being gone earlier than expected left this void. Habib has stepped into this position of coach. Like you couldn't have even expected him to be, so quickly at his age, these guys believe in him. These guys respect him. I mean, from the Russian fighters to, you know, he's in Vegas right now because our gyms aren't open as, as they want. He's telling me last weekend, hey, send some of the guys out here. You know, we'll get the guys back training together. This dude is so committed to all of his teammates and just uplifting everybody. And not only is he coaching Islam, 
he's also training with these guys as if he's still fighting. So, man, look, the guy's doing a great job with with what he's doing with, with Coach Javier and everybody else. And But Islam Makhachev showed on Saturday why he is just the most dangerous guy in the division that people shouldn't want to fight him. The style, the physicality, the power. I was with him on Thursday night cutting the weight. He was cutting the weight as effectively as he ever has. Just, dude, you don't want to be the guy standing across from this dude. He's no. so good at what he does. I wouldn't be surprised this time next year he's about to be fighting for the belt or in that conversation. By the way, in about a month, we're probably going to have a very similar conversation when Usman Nurmagomedov fights for Bellator for the first time yeah. because by all accounts, he's, he's on a different good. level as well. And he's I suspect good. Khabib he's will be there too. I haven't had a, the ability to spend much time with because mm. Usman has been training over in Dagestan and during the time, the pandemic time, the guys haven't been in San Jose much, right? So it's like, I haven't really had much time to spend with him, but if he's what everybody's telling us, he's going to be better than everybody. Yeah, that's a scary thought. So yes, uh, remember this in December when I said he was early front runner for coach of the year because it'll be last the sexy year, You remember last year I said something about all the wrestlers from that region in New York, oh, you must not know who Hamza Chemaev is yes. because I went on this tangent. What about the boy Askar Askarov? Like, dude, these these guys from that region are yeah. all coming into fighting and they're dominating in ways that we haven't seen. I we as we as fighters in America, we as fighters in you know, England and around the country, you guys have better improve in your wrestling and grappling or these guys are going to drown you. They're going mm-hmm. to drown you with their ability to take it on and grapple with you. It's crazy. Oscarov with a big win. Unfortunately, he missed weight, so it kind of overshadowed that, but that was very impressive stuff against Joseph Benavidez. Let's give our guy Dominic Cruz some shine now. Big win over Casey K. Like I said, we could do two hours just on this card alone. So much happened, um, and we probably won't get to all of it. But Dominic Cruz with the big win over Casey Kenny. One judge scored it in favor of Kenny. I did not see that. 29-28, in my opinion, for Cruz. Big takeaways. Hey, the movement's still there. The speed is still there. And you know what? You know what was my biggest takeaway? For all that was said about, hey, you're fighting Casey Kenny. What's up? It was smart. Get your mojo back. Get your get your confidence back. First win since UFC 199, 2016. Just get a W, man. And that's no knock on Casey. But now we start talking about maybe an Aldo, uh, maybe a, a, a rematch against Cody, a Frankie Edgar type. Like, it was okay to take this fight. More fighters should do this. Build yourself back up. And it was a great performance. We've talked about that, though, right? We've talked about that, Ariel, with, I don't know if it was Anthony Smith or somebody got beat a while back and we were like, yep. man, I need to fight. Need the tune-up fight. He needs to take a step back. He doesn't need to be fighting contenders. And it felt like Dominic did that. And if anybody's going to do that, it's going to be Cruz, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to think his way into a position to give himself a chance to really get himself back going in the right direction. So massive win, massive win for the champ. Anyone in particular you want to see him against next? Uh, do you like the Aldo fight? Two legends, WEC, both at 135. Now? That's a great fight. You know, um, Dominic is a different guy. I don't want to see him fight Hans. You know, all the stuff he was saying after the fight about fighting Hans. This is crazy. Like, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on there. You know, Dominic Cruz is a different cat, man. He's a different cat, but focus on the career, not all this other stuff. Yeah, I'd love to see him fight against Aldo. Uh, I'd love to see that. The Edgar fight's a little weird because... At this point... he just got knocked out. But, hey, you know what's what's another sleeper fight? Him versus Rob Font. Maybe we do this thing where we're beating all the up-and-comers. Rob Font would be a really tough fight for him as well. You don't love that, apparently. <laughs> I don't love the Rob Font fight. Too no, tough? I, I think – no, I just think that 
you know, Dominic can beat anyone. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be very careful with with your words because Dom will like dissect those words. Oh my gosh, yes, he dissects the words right. Um, he can beat anyone, but I want him to fight. You know, Rob Font deserves a fight heading up more towards the championship. I think he's a little ahead of Dom right now. So, mm, um, wow, I'd like to see Rob go a little bit more forward. Um, he deserves that. Okay. Um, we have to talk about other non-259 things, but let me just shout out Trevin Jones, Urosh Medesh, uh, Amanda Lemos, Sean Brady, Kennedy, and Zechuku. Those five fighters started the card with finishes. Very impressive. Timothy Elliott, big win. Kai Kara France, big win. Kyler Phillips, big win. And of course, as we said, Oscar Oskarov with the big win as well. This weekend, DC, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. You were there. You're not calling this one, right? I'm going back. You're going back. Yep, Did you see back. my guy, Leon Rocky Edwards? Did you get a chance to be in front of the great Rocky? I didn't oh, get man. to see Rocky, but I've watched him on social media. Come to find out for years, I wasn't even following Leon. Wow. I just followed. It all Leon. makes sense now. The disrespect if, makes sense. I followed Leon the other day and he seemed, man, listen, man, the dude has, he has a star quality about him. And he seems like he's fired up, lined up and ready to go. He has a big opportunity to just once again, prove why. He's won eight fights in a row and believes that he is the rightful number one contender. A big moment for him against Bilal Muhammad, though. Remember the name, Bilal Muhammad. Dude dude carries a chip on his shoulder and feels this is the type of fight that can get him where he wants to go. Gets really upset that when people talk about champions and future champions, Mm. he's never mentioned in the conversation. And he feels that he should. This gives him an opportunity to ensure that when you talk about the top of the division, you never forget about Bilal Muhammad. I like these kind of fights where a guy takes a fight on short notice, big opportunity for him, first main event against the guy that everyone's been talking about. I can't wait to see what Leon looks like after almost two years away and everything he's been through. There was a little bit of a nervous situation last week when they weren't allowed to attend the press conference due to protocols and Bilal's coach testing positive. As of right now, uh, the fight is on, and I pray. I mean, if anyone needs some some good fortune, it's, it's Leon, Leon Edwards. So uh, I pray that fight happens, and I'm looking forward to it this weekend. A few other things we have to talk about. Uh, shout out to Junior Dos Santos and Alistair Overeem. Unfortunately for them, their UFC careers came to an end. Uh, JDS, pound for pound, one of the nicest human beings I've ever come across in my life, A, but also one of the great champions in UFC history. Unfortunately for Alistair, he never got UFC gold. Unfortunate way to end their careers. I don't think they wanted it to end this way. JDS had five fights left on his deal. Overeem had two. If we if we remove the contract stuff and just talk performance, obviously you can make a case for JDS after losing four in a row. The Overeem one surprises me. I know they both make a lot of money, but the Overeem one surprised me because he had just come off this great winning streak. And it could have been, I think, five in a row had you you know, factored in the Jarzinho fight, which he was seconds away from winning. Yes, he lost to Volkov, but that one surprised me. But this is the UFC that Dana White talked about in December. Some of these big names, some of these big contracts are going to get cut. Pandemic or not, I don't know. But I was sad to see both go on the same day. You know, happy trails, boys. You know, you guys had long, exciting runs in the UFC. And we as fans and your contemporaries, we enjoyed watching you perform. And I hope that you guys can go off and find whatever it is you are looking to find that's left in the career. You know, you're talking about two guys that really have nothing to prove. And if they were to walk away today, they would be considered some of the greatest heavyweights of all time. So 
but if it's for the love, do it. You know, I know if I see those guys fight, I'm tuning in. So mm. it sucks, you know, but it is what it is, man. Sometimes you got to get rid of guys that make a million dollars, 900,000, 800,000 when they aren't main event level talents anymore, especially when some of your champions are making much less. So uh, big contract guys that, you know, time just ran out. Time runs out, man. Like nobody has forever, you know, and it was, it's sad to see him leave, but I understand the thought process behind it. Uh, I, I would say it's a reminder to all fans and media and even fighters that when you hear someone signing an eight fight contract, it doesn't mean guaranteed eight fights. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the way the sport is right now, it's not guaranteed. So make the best of your time. We celebrate these contracts sometimes, but look at JDS, five fights left, and all the power is in the hands of the promoter, not just in the UFC. It's the same way in Bellator. It's, it's, it's not, yeah, it's just the way the sport is. I'd like to see that change. I'd sports, like to see. Though. It's not just in mixed martial arts. There are a lot of sports. Some sports are guaranteed. Some sports aren't. It's just the way the world is. I, I would always like to see, hey, you sign a contract, you get to play it out, but uh, who am I? And what the hell do I know? Hey, DC, you know what I do now? I do know yeah. something. Yeah. I was very upset last week. I was on an island all by myself. Everyone was celebrating this. Everyone was like, oh, oh, wow, this is so great. Oh, it warms my heart. I was like mad when I saw this. Legit mad. Why? I like to believe that things are real. I don't, I don't necessarily believe in works. I don't live in a pro wrestling world. I yeah. believe that things are real. So when I see you and John Jones go back and forth on Twitter, I believe that until you're both in your dying days, you will despise one another. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I believe that if someone books you both to be in a, a, a sports card memorabilia show and you're sitting on the opposite ends of the hall in Atlantic City, you will look at each other from afar and you will curse each other out. And if they bring you close, you'll even fight at 80 years old. That's what I believe. I believe in shoots. And there I am, DC, disgusted as I log on to Instagram a few days ago. And I see Michael Bisping and Luke Rockhold <laughs> hobnobbing it up. I mean, you talk about kayfabe being Wait, dead. what happened? Well, I mean, we see Michael Bisping walking into the Ruka gym and there's Luke, your boy, hitting the mids. And they're like, hey, what's up, buddy? Here's his dog. I was like, what? This is one of the most bitter feuds in the history of the sport. And now all of a sudden they're hobnobbing it up. One thing I know for sure, DC, if John Jones is in a gym, you ain't hobnobbing it up with John Jones. Right? I'm You're not even walking in. They would, hey, they won't let us in the same place still to this day. When if if I'm working commentary and Jones has a press event or something, they keep us as far apart as possible because they understand this is real life, son. This is real life. Right. This is no this is no this is no kayfabe. Right. This is real life. And listen to me. I'm very disappointed in Rockhold. I'm very disappointed in Bisping because Bisping's the one that should, you know. Like, what are you being friends for? Oh, you're nice now, Michael Bisping? Yeah. When did Bisping become a nice guy? Do you agree with me, though, that, like, I now view the whole feud differently. Now I start to wonder, wait a second, were they in on it the whole time? It worked. The whole time was it was a work? By Luke. I mean, did we get worked by Bisping and Luke? I feel like it oh my because, goodness. because let me tell you something that interaction that I saw on Instagram was certainly not the first time they were hobnobbing did it up. Feel, did it feel like, did it feel genuine no, or it were, did not. Did it forced? It felt like Cejudo and Sterling doing a little face off in the middle of the hotel lobby. You know what I mean? It felt like, Hey, let's do this for the gram, but you know, I'll see you well, tonight that's the for case, dinner. If that's the case. Then maybe there is some bitter blood underneath it all, you know? So what do you mean? Yeah. No bitter okay. blood. It was a work. No, 
if it's, a, you know, let's do it for the gram. That doesn't mean it's real. Mm. I don't want them to genuinely be friends. That's what would make me mad. Am I a bad person for feeling that way? That, that I want these guys to hate each other for the rest of time. It's okay. If a bad you person them. for a number of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you try to sell me on the fact that you guys hate each other. That is bitter that you're throwing insults each other's way that you would want to kick each other's butt until you're 65. And then even afterwards, you'll always curse. And now all of a sudden, this is the way the feud ends. Like, really? Like, we talk about the mega powers. Remember the, the, the climactic. climactic. Is it climactic yeah. or climatic? I believe it's climactic. Anticlimactic. Yeah. Is it? Well, come on. Tell me. You know this. You're smart. No, I said now you're making me question is myself. Is it climatic or is it anticlimactic? No, climactic. Climactic. Wait, wait. Are you sure? I'm I mean, sure. I, I, people in the back? People in the back? I mean, can someone please clarify <laughs> this for us? I mean, people in the back. Jake, anybody? You know, like, come on. Climatic. Damn it. Now you made me question myself. <laughs> it's climatic? That's what Jake just wrote. Well, anti-see, I mean, so we're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made me question myself. Listen, the point is, it's not even anticlimactic or climactic. The point is, it was disappointing. <laughs> it was disappointing, okay? And I would like to not see those two guys. Listen, there's a few guys that I don't want to see hobnobbing it up. You and John Jones, top of the list. I don't want to see you guys hobnobbing it up. Connor and Habib, don't want to see them hobnobbing that it up. Won't that, that won't again, happen. Again, right? They're not hobnobbing it up, and that's They're okay. Ever. Bisping and Rockhold were on that list. Now they're dead to me. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, wait. There, there, there's a hey, there's, there's some. No, dis- there's an argument back there. There's a bit Sean, of an argument in the back. Hey, Sean is now telling me it's climactic. I was well, right. See? So there's a Jake, bit of argument going this on guy, this guy comes through. Oh, my gosh. He comes through with the wrong information. And then he gives me an Elmo shrugging his shoulders emoji. That's what he just gave me or a gif or a gif, whatever you say. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. You know, it's nice to know when you can lean on people. Clearly, I can't lean on corporate Jake. Hey, happy anniversary. Speaking of leaning, infamous, the infamous lean. Remember you on Rogan a year ago? Oh, yeah. A year ago. That that, that was uh, that was. um. Uh, Benil Dariush. Benil Dariush and Car Close. Car Close. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. That was crazy. So what were you thinking? The fight's happening is like, wow, this is madness. It's madness. What were you thinking in that moment? To 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 the point where you're like leaning, like you're you're sideways leaning got, on Joe Rogan. <laughs> I got knocked out. Like I got knocked out. Like I felt the punch that Jakar took. Like I got knocked out. Like boom. Like what in the world is going on? It's always fun, man. It's always fun with. Look, man, it's fun when Rogan's there. It's fun when Annex. I love all my coworkers. You know, it's a great time. Oh, I thought you were going to say fun when Rogan's there, fun when Annex there. But you know, Ariel, you haven't been to a fight in yeah, a year. This weekend, one year anniversary. I, I want you to come back. I'm ready for you to come back. Like, I mean, I, I want to come back too. It's becoming too normal for you not to be there, which is very scary. I want you to come back. Thank you, DC. Uh, one year since the last show with a packed stadium, right? I mean. Crazy, crazy, crazy. There are some places in the United States now that are That's like right. they have man, mass mandates and they're letting fans go. Like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we might be the first organization to be back in front of a packed stadium. Texas, Texas, baby. Anyway, DC, what a night. What a card. So much to digest. This felt good. You know, it, it, it's cathartic to get it your thoughts out there. Too. It felt like long today. Yeah, well, you know, I, I might have put in a good word before. Nice. Let us go. Listen, when it's a good show, it's a good show. You know what it I mean? Is. It's just one of those things. Thank you very much to Manscaped. Thank you to our production team. Thanks to all of you for downloading, rating, and subscribing. Hey, I didn't say it last week, but thank you to TST 
who's no longer with the team, who moved on to other endeavors. Thanks for everything that he did for this program as well. The great Troy, Troy Farkas, who told me he listened last week. So that was nice of him. You know, I thought he'd be a little bit like, mm, I don't want to listen anymore. I'm not part of the show. <laughs> Clearly he's not that guy. But hey, shout out to Christina, the newest member of the squad as well. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, we say peace. We're out of here.